Hello there, this is Evangelist Timothy Gruber coming to you with another edition of The Word of the King. Uh, I will, by the grace of God, be in the Queens, New York City area. And, uh, it is officially uh, that time of the year when the Jewish people celebrate their holy day known as Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement. And we're going to uh, talk some more about the blood um, during this broadcast here on the Word of the King. And I would just like to mention Ecclesiastes 8, verse 4, where the Word of the King is, There is power who may say unto him, What doest thou? And pray for the souls up here, Jew and Gentile alike, to repent towards God through faith, towards our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah of Israel, who gave himself a ransom for all, payment for Jew and Gentile alike, that whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. Before I get into the topic today here on the Word of the King, I'd like to have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have, dear Lord God, uh, come full circle once again to another Yom Kippur, another Day of Atonement, celebrated by the Jewish people. I'm reminded, Dear God, of how the blood makes an atonement for the soul. And, Lord God, I pray for souls listening today, Dear Lord God. For those that have yet to receive the atonement, Dear Lord God, provided for by your only begotten Son, the Messiah of Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ, that today would be the day, Dear Lord God, whereby they come to know the payment and they receive that payment, dear Lord God, as their own, Lord God, so that they, dear Lord God, would be washed white as the snow, cleansed of all sins, uh, through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua HaMashiach. And Lord God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the great I am you are, I pray that your spirit would go forth, dear Lord God, dealing with souls, dear Lord God, in this edition of the Word of the King, concerning their standing before you as transgressors of your holy law, your Torah, as it's said in Hebrew. And, Lord God, I pray to you, Lord God, that through the proclamation of your holiness, you would take your law and use it as a schoolmaster to draw souls to Messiah, Jesus, and the atonement that has been provided through his blood shed upon the cross of Calvary and his resurrection from the dead for our justification. And I thank you, Father, that he is seated at your right hand. And as I'm reminded of the promise in Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto you, the living God, by him. May souls come unto you, the living God, by Jesus Christ our Lord, even as a result of this broadcast today. And for those who were saved, dear God, and listening, Lord God, may they, as a result of this broadcast, be provoked to all the more go forth, walking, in all manner of holiness and godliness, as they, dear God, find themselves all the more thankful at the remembrance once more of what a great sacrifice was made by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and give thanks. Amen. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. I read here in the King James Bible. Concerning this matter of atonement, payment, and the blood, 
In verse 10 of Leviticus 17, I will start. And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or the strangers that sojourn among you, eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and will cut him off from among his people. Verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Verse 12. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. Verse 13. Whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof, and covered with dust. Verse 14, For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, You shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Now, when we consider this, God said, in verse 14, speaking of the blood, it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh. For the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. This is another reason why we know for, of a certainty that when Jesus said what he said in St. John chapter 6, Jesus said this in St. John 6, there at the Passover prior to his being nailed to the cross as our ultimate Passover lamb, there at the Last Supper, he said this. Verse 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Verse 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 55. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Verse 56, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. Now we know of a certainty that when Jesus said this, he was not telling his followers to literally drink his literal blood. Like the Roman Catholic cult teaches with her tradition of man known as the mass, and transubstantiation. No, Jesus would never encourage his followers to literally drink his blood when, as the God of Moses, he condemned it. Here in Leviticus 17, verse 14, again it is written, It is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. And again, Jesus said in the context there, St. John 6, 63, It is the spirit quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So again, Jesus in St. John 6, in the context of speaking of men eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he was speaking spiritually, symbolically, not literally Roman Catholic. But again, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. God, in the context of the exodus coming out there of Egypt, he made it very clear the priority of the blood on the doorpost. He made it very clear. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. It reminds me of the hymn. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Does God see the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, upon you when he looks down on you? Are you trusting in the blood of the Messiah, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ? Is your atonement for sin? We're told in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, that God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Justified, that means stand before God, just as if I never sinned. Here in Exodus chapter 12, we read of the Passover being instituted, starting in verse 12. The Lord says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses which ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. Verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And so we, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, Jew and Gentile alike, in this time, this dispensation, we have our remembrance of the Passover I'll be at the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, in that ordinance known as communion or the Lord's Supper. And we're reminded of how God and his love bestowed upon us. He sees the blood of the lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, upon each one of us as believers. We as believers having received by faith the atonement, which was provided through Jesus Christ, his sacrifice in the cross. We're told, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good, that sinneth not. And so, sin demands payment. We're told, Revelation 21, verse 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We're told in the letter 1 John, John writing under inspiration to God, he writes, But if we are in the light as he, God, is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The sacrifice of Messiah was prophesied, laid forth in the book of Daniel. Chapter 9, it is written, verses 25 to 27. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, talking about in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, unto the Messiah the Prince, speaking of Jesus, Yeshua, Shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And yes, 
Those were troublous times when those Jews, those children of Israel and Judah came out of Babylon and Syria respectively. Verse 26 of Daniel 9, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Now look at that. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. We're told in St. John 1, verse 12, But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And in verse 11 of St. John 1, it is written, speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, coming to the Jewish people, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Hence, and after three score and two weeks, Messiah was cut off out of the land of the living, according to the prophet Isaiah, as it's written in Isaiah 53. But not for himself. Isaiah makes it very clear that for the transgression of his people, he, Messiah Yeshua, was stricken. Messiah Jesus stricken for the transgression of his people. We're told in Isaiah 53, verse 6, For all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. But praise be to God, the same Lord, overall, is richer to all that call upon him, both Jew and Gentile, for there is no difference. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. As it is written, for the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Messiah, shall not be condemned, shall not be ashamed, we're told. But it says in Daniel 9, 26, And the people of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. That was speaking of the Roman armies, that prince, Titus, his Roman armies, sacking Jerusalem around 69, 70 AD, it's estimated. And the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Desolations, scatterings, there's the scattering of the Jewish people. Again, around 69, 70 AD, in connection with the destruction of Jerusalem at the hands of the Roman armies. Verse 27, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined, shall be poured out upon the desolate, the scattered So, let's look at the Torah, it's called in Hebrew. Let's consider the law, the Ten Commandments. Exodus, chapter 20. Start in verse 1. God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Christ, Put it this way, he said the first and greatest commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. 
For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Again, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Peter declared in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you were looking, any God other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who came down and humbled himself as a servant in the person of Jesus Christ our Lord, if you're looking to any other God besides him, then the one you call God is not God. And you are condemned as an idolater before God. And all idolaters, we're told in Revelation 21.8, shove their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. The idolater shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. For behold, you were shaped in iniquity, and in sin did your mother conceive you. When I consider, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You may not be bowed down to a statue of Buddha or a statue of Mary. And by the way, you ought not be bowed down to statues of Jesus either. We worship God in spirit and in truth. We walk by faith, not by sight. But again, you may not be bowed down to statues of Buddha, Mary, or any of the gods of the Hindu world, or any other so-called God that the devil has provided sinful man with. But, how many of you listening bow down to the image that you see when you look in the mirror every day? You're guilty of worshiping and serving yourself as the creature more than the creator, God who is blessed forever. You're just as much an idolater. You're just as much an image worshiper. You best... Receive Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And receiving him, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Receive the fullness of the Father, the fullness of the Son, and the fullness of the Holy Ghost. We're told that these three are one. In the book of 1 John. And again, the book of Romans. It is written. Speaking of Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. May you be strong in faith, listener, giving glory to God. And like Abraham, may you be fully persuaded that what he had promised, he as God was able also to perform. Verse 22 of Romans 4, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. May you have the righteousness of God imputed to you, dear listener, in and by faith of Jesus Christ our Lord. For by grace you say through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're told in Romans 4.23, Now it was written, Not for his sake alone, again, speaking of Abraham, that it was imputed to him, verse 24, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Verse 25, Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. 
And then you jump down, Romans 5, verse 10 and 11. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, Jesus, much more than being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. Verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we have now received the atonement. Can you say, dear listener, that you joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ as one who has indeed received the atonement, the payment provided for by him in his shed blood? We're told in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 22, and we know that almost all things are by the law purged with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. No remission, no forgiveness. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. We're told, in the book of James, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and get offended one point, he is guilty of all. We're told that adulterers and whoremongers, God will judge in the book of Hebrews. Marriage is spoken of as being honorable in all. And again, for you effeminate, for you abusers of yourselves of mankind, sodomite, homosexual, in the beginning God made Adam and Eve. He did not make Adam and Steve. He did not make Molly and Eve. I tell you, neighbors, if you repent, you shall all likewise perish, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. We're told in Peter's one epistle, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Told righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And sin is indeed a reproach to the United States of America before a holy God. We're told that the wicked should be turned into hell, and all the nations forget God, and America is no exception to that law. Thou shalt not kill. Have you ever had an abortion, dear listener? At your local Planned Parenthood or other abortion, or other butcher mill, what they call an abortion clinic. Abortion is murder. God hates the hands of them that shed innocent blood. You have been a partaker in murder. You who have had an abortion listening to this. You need the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, to cleanse you from all sin. And even as you call upon him to wash you from all your sins and make you whiter than snow, your very body, dear listener, will become the temple of God, the Holy Ghost. You will have God dwelling in you. You will have life in you more abundantly here and now. And that eternal. And that which is to come. And this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither do the corruption inherit incorruption. Oh, praise be to God. Are you ready for this? 
Dear listener, because it's coming. Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then it shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Can you say to your listener, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? If you have Jesus Christ, his spirit, abiding inside of you, you can say that, dear listener. If you can't say that, may you seek the Lord while he may be found. May you call upon him while he is near. We're told, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. You profess to be a Christian, yet you're not reading your Bible. You have no desire to read your Bible. You're not praying. You have really no desire to pray. Examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. Jesus said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. You call yourself a Christian, but you have no desire to do the will of God? You're deceiving yourself as one deceived by the father of lies, who is the devil, Satan. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. To use the name of Jesus Christ, to use the name of God loosely, is a cuss word, or even to sing it on Sunday morning in your in and from your hymnal or during your worship, but yet have your mind on the football game or what you're going to have for lunch. Those are all ways you use the name of God loosely in a way that is empty and it's blasphemy. And all blasphemers shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. According to Revelation 21.8, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Again, thou shalt not kill. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Thou shalt not steal. You take anything that does not belong to you, the value is totally irrelevant. You take something that does not belong to you without permission, it's stealing. Sin. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Again, all liars from their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The point, make time for God. He's worthy of your submission, listener, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in him alone to deliver you from the power and the wages of sin, which is death, and to be your personal Lord and Savior, to walk with, to talk with daily, desiring to be like him, conform to his image, to have the meekness that he has, to have the humility that he has, though you will certainly never be God as he is God, beware of the Mormons, they're liars, they're their father, the devil. Oh, but you are going to be conformed to his image, Christian. And all who believe on his name. 
We're told Galatians 3.10, For as many as of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone, continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Oh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I trust by now, dear listener, you're saying, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Come unto Jesus. Come unto Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. For it is written, In whom, speaking of Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And we will now conclude with the word of the king, this verse. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, verse 6, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This has been the word of the king. Till next week, this is Evangelist Timothy Groover saying, God bless you and yours.